in a world where people try to do stuff they don't know how to do. One man, okay, two men, are standing by with the best advice on Earth. Ow. Well, most of the time. Welcome to the all-around home improvement hour. Now here's Charles Thayer and the man they call the Polish Powerhouse. Percussion, blast off. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the all-around home improvement hour. It is noon. It is Saturday. We are live. We're in a nice, cozy, warm studio here at the iHeart Media Studios in St. Louis Park, the West End. Let's do some home improvement radio. All around, we get it done and we do it right. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we do get it done and we do it right here at All Around Home Improvement Hour here. My name is Charles Thayer, the home improvement slayer. Change it to the snow blowing Thayer. Snow blowing Thayer. I might have to do a little bit of that when I get home. And of course, I'm hanging out with the one, the very Polish. Yes. The most famous Polak in town here. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think I think you're up there. I you think, think I, so? I saw a top ten list, and you were you were in the top ten. Nice, squeaked in at number ten. Something. What's happening? Not a whole lot, Nick. Uh, we're glad to be in this warm studio. It is nothing like an April fourteenth outside right now. Not exactly. Um, I'm kind of curious who might be listening to the radio right now. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Everybody. Wow. What else do you have to do? I'm just drink. And listen to the radio. Everyone's miserable, <laughs> right? That that uh, the voice of Ruben Saltzman with Structure uh, Tech Home Inspections, and Hello. also we have yes, welcome to the show. Also, we have Ryan O'Neill with the Minnesota Real Estate Team. Ryan had uh, brunch with us this morning at uh, what the Loop, the Loop, the Loop. Yes, yes, it was good, delicious. Charles, we took a lo- we took a snowmobile over there, yeah. and we snowmobiled back. Yeah. Yeah, Nick was much. driving. Right, we were riding shotgun. Yeah, Santa sleigh. That was fun. It that was, was fun. It was a good time. So, and and now we're back. We're here to talk all things home improvement related. But my goodness, uh, what a delay to some of the the I guess the project season if you will. Yeah, no the, kidding. The start of the project season with this kind of weather. But, like I said in the earlier show, I think that this is just a reminder that when Minnesotans want to hang up the hats, mittens, snow boots, hang up things in early March or late February because we're having a little bit of a run of nice weather, Yep. think again. I know. Remember I had my snowblower fixed, the belt went out, replaced the belt, and I thought, well, perfect, I'll have a brand new belt for next year. No, that didn't happen. I've used it twice since then. And the belt broke again. It's, it's not broken yet. <laughs> it's currently holding, so let's hope that it stays that way. But, yeah, you were, you were saying, I think we got a lot of guys getting stir-crazy. They're ready to work, they want money, and they're ready to go. But we can't work because it's, it's this outside. So definitely. Right. Well, certain projects, not all projects... But I think in particular you're talking about roofing. Yeah, the roofing. Yeah, roofing. Yeah, because last year we were, you know, we were hard at it this time of year last year from the roofing aspect of it. And so to fast forward to this year, and we've done I think six roofs 
the entire year so far. So, so will it affect you guys? I mean, do you see like last year? How long in the year were you able to work with, um, you know, with the fall season? It got it got kind of cold early. If anyone remembers in uh, the beginning of November, but then it sort of warmed up a little bit. So, we were. Pretty close to December when we were kind of shutting down, it was to the point where temperatures were too cold. We weren't able to roof anymore. We did continue with windows and siding, and that was pretty much the only trades we were able to do. That and gutters. Uh, the rest of the stuff pretty much shuts down. No more painting, uh, no more roofing. So. Well, a lot of people ask, you know, how do you do windows in this is in this kind of weather? Winter in the middle of winter, isn't it? You know, make the house get extremely cold, or you know, we can do windows one window. At a time, right, and that's it's an amazing concept. It's it's you know tough to understand, but you don't have to remove all of the windows when doing a window project. I was sure at, you started by taking them all out, yeah. wait a day, and, <laughs> yep. then, and then you think about board them up overnight. Don't but do I don't I don't blame people. You're not in this industry. You don't know how it goes. You just assume, gosh, that that must be tough to do windows and doors it, in this kind of weather. And it's not. Just contain the room, right? If it's a bedroom, you can close the door. Uh, if it's a dining room or something, certainly there's usually an opening somewhere that you can tape up plastic. Uh, they make these things called zip walls, which work wonders, and that can at least keep the cold to a somewhat of a confined area. It's going to get cold, but there's ways to do it that make it not so bad. So, folks, every week from noon to one, we do this show. We're actually live this time. We're not always live, but we do happen to be live this time. And the number, if you want to call in and ask a home improvement-related question, maybe you have some troubleshooting that you want to work out, um, we have an expert panel in this week. And we have a guy that I always get very excited about having in studio because he's ran into just about every kind of home improvement defect, flaw, or just... Just poor craftsmanship out there that that you can that you can think of, and so this is an excellent time to participate with the, with the show. Call in, ask, get your question answered. Uh, maybe maybe throw a jab or two at the Polish powerhouse because yes. he, he likes that. 800-854-1978. 800-854-1978. This week we have a, a show theme that I'm excited to talk about, and I think we have the two perfect guests together combined okay. to be able yes it's going to get heated but in a good way five, yeah absolutely it's what happens after a home inspection in the process of uh, buying or selling a home so negotiations that happen and occur after that dreaded home inspection dun, dun, dun. yep the, the deal killers right cuz you know cuz sometimes that can it, they can be it could not the home inspectors themselves but what comes out of the inspection can become a problem for either the buyer sellers or both and so um in our opinion, number one home inspection team in the state uh, and largest home inspection team in the state, but the leader of that team, Ruben Saltzman, is here, and he's brought uh, um, good content about that. And also to his right here at the, at the table um, is uh, Ryan O'Neill with the Minnesota real estate team. So two people that have a ton of experience when it comes to what might happen after that inspection is done. So I'm going to go ahead and turn the table to you, Ruben, to introduce our theme of the show for this week and kind of just to start by asking you what was the thought process bringing these, this topic in? Oh, man. Thanks, Charles. And what, what a better person to have on the show, Ryan. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. 
But it just hasn't happened when you and I were doing the show. This will be fun. This will be very good. Very great great. topic. And you put together a lot of great uh, information for the listeners today. Thank you, sir. And, uh, you know, on on this topic, I know that this makes a lot of agents bristly a little bit. Like, wait a minute. Is my home inspector trying to do my job? Like, is is Ruben here trying to tell buyers what they should and shouldn't be negotiating? Yes. And I got to start off by (laughs) saying that's not, well, uh, that's how a lot of people take it. And I got to start off this whole discussion by saying that's not it. What really made us put this document together, and if anybody listening at home wants to follow along with this document, all you got to do is go to Google and type in negotiations after the inspection. That You will find it. Google will show you the first document that comes up yep. is this uh, nine-page document that I've got. I've got it in blog form and a PDF form, negotiations after the inspection. You are a great blogger, by the well, way. We've got to say you've got oh, a lot of great content out there. Have you guys thanks. seen Ruben's stuff? Yes. Ten I follow years. him closely. Yes. T- celebrating my 10-year anniversary of blogging. Yay. Wow! What a week. 10 years, man. What a week for the last 10 years. That's crazy. Over 10 years now. That's cool. That's very cool. So um, you guys, before we dive in real quick, we are gonna we got Amanda calling in regarding some foundation issues. Let's let's take a call. Ooh. Amanda, where are you calling from? St. Paul, Minnesota. St. Paul, Minnesota. How's the weather right now for you? <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah we're all in, we're all in the same boat amanda so how can we help you what's going on with the foundation well my my house that i bought is a foreclosure for king house um, about five years ago is um it, it's from 1900 and somewhere along the way someone decided to put a um a, probably about a half inch coating on it um over the, the stone and i'm assuming they were trying to seal it However, it, it is deteriorating, coming down in, in big big globs, and, um, and and I'm just wondering, should I take it all off? Should I call in a professional? Um, I, I don't. I'm not sure really what to do. Well, I can. This is Ruben here. I'm gonna start by telling you this isn't that big of a deal. You, you probably. Well, how old's your house? 1900. Okay, yeah. You, you've got this super thick wall. It's probably like a foot, 18 inches thick. Um, don't worry about your foundation caving in. It's not that. Most of your problem is exactly what you see. It's it's obnoxious. It's annoying to have this big mess on your floor all the time. And exactly what you're thinking, yes. Take that stuff off. Knock it down. Get a hammer. You can do that yourself. Clean it all up. And then hire a specialist to come out there to repair your wall. Put up new mortar. Make it look all nice. And that's about all you need to do. And if you have bad water management at the outside, that's one of the main drivers for what's going on. Fix your bad water management. What I'm talking about is make sure the ground slopes away from the house. Rainwater doesn't pond next to it. Make sure you've got gutters and good downspot extensions taking all that water away. So in in a nutshell, Amanda, it sounds like most of it is just annoying and unsightly um, and unrelated to why water may be getting in the house, and so you should treat those two things separately. Uh, Amanda, I just want to leave you with this. Even in this bad weather, you can celebrate the fact that you are a citizen of the all-around home improvement hour, okay? I am so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda. I'm so excited. I have found a place. Snow Angels. (laughs) Amanda, you are always welcome with the (laughs) all-around home improvement hour. And Charles, you know, being a, it is, it is exciting. Yes. Every week we would welcome your call back, Amanda. That's, that's how glad we are to have you. Okay. Hey, I have enough home improvement issues. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Amanda. Have a great day, folks. We're, we're up, against, we're up against the break. See you, Amanda. Uh, we'll be right back right after this.
So true, funny how it seems, always in time, but Ryan. never in line for dreams. Thank you, Stan. This is very, this is what I think of when I think of Charles Thayer. This is the Easy, listening, relaxing. Right, well, on that note, we'll get after it again, folks. This is the Charles Home Improvement Hour, and we're back at it. God, I was great. digging it. Yeah, that yeah, was really it good. Was nice. I just figured, you know, people are stuck in the house. Maybe we want to get the lady in the mood for the afternoon. You know, a little lighter listening. Nick, uh, Nick likes this kind of softer music. I think so. <laughs> I think it so. It makes me feel good. Especially on a day like this. So before the break, uh, we had a great call in, uh, and and we're going to continue the conversation on really today's show theme, which is what happens after an inspection to negotiate, to not negotiate. What what should you as a buyer know about after the inspection? And although, Ruben, although you and your team are not real estate professionals, you certainly end up in kind of in the middle, kind of in the squeeze of what's going on with the real estate transaction because the information that you bring to the table can certainly scramble the transaction a little bit or create a little turmoil. Oh, correct? absolutely. And we get asked a lot of the time, oh, you're coming up with these issues during your inspection. Should we ask the seller to fix this? People ask us that all the time. And, of course, our standard answer is, None of my business. I you, you can ask for anything you want. But, but that doesn't sound very nice. Well, we don't actually. But say no, it that I know. Way, but, but let's but, just say, okay, so you ha- inspected my home, and and you you know I'm selling my home. Actually, rather, I'm buying a home. I hired you as a home inspector. You came up with ten things that are wrong with the home that I want, mm-hmm. and I asked you that question. Hey, what these ten things? What would you do? Yeah, I'd say I'd ask my agent for advice. Because back to them. Because I am not a home buying professional. This is totally outside my realm. I have no idea what went into you buying this home. You may have looked at a hundred houses with your agent, and this is the best house you can possibly afford. And you did all this work to get your offer accepted. And this has been weeks in the making. And you guys have negotiated for the past month trying to get this deal finalized. It's probably not too likely, but I mean, just throwing it out there. Yeah. And, and I don't know any of that. Right. So You're better off staying out of it. Yeah, well, how I think I possibly comment. On what I would add to it, Ruben, and I think what you do a really nice job of is so sometimes buyers forget, you know, when you hire Structure Tech and hire Ruben, they represent you as the consumer. And so their job is to go out and find the good, the bad, the indifferent, uh, the ugly with the home, make you aware of it. And then, you know, what I really like about this piece, Ruben, this negotiations after the inspection, which I did Google, by the way, you can Google it and see it, it uh, pops right up on your website. What's nice about it, uh, Ruben, is I think um, for buyers maybe that are even a little cautious in this market, what the, they made one change with the purchase agreement, uh, it's been about a year now, before it was, uh, say Ruben told you, Charles, um, here are here are the issues, and you decide there's these four problems that are significant, and I'm going to ask the seller to fix those four things. Yeah. Well, once you made that ask, and let's say um, um, your agent called me as the listing agent, now the contract gets opened up at that point. And so, in other words, as the buyer, you're at risk of technically losing the deal because you've asked for mm-hmm. issues. 
And so what's what's nice and a change that was made um, with the purchase agreement is now when there are significant issues, Ruben, you know, if the agent sends over an amendment saying, hey, we've done the home inspection, here's what we found, we'd like to ask for these items to be fixed, then it's a negotiation. My seller could say, hey, we want to fix it um, or we don't want to fix it. But the buyer is not immediately cut out. In other sure. words, that buyer, the only way the deal is canceled is if the buyer's agent sends over a cancellation before the end of the inspection period saying, hey, we're out um, w- with the deal. And so what happens in, in a good thing, Ruben, I know that you reference, it gives the buyer a little bit more leverage that they can talk and get Ruben's expertise, get their agent's expertise, and really find out what's going on with the house. So that, I just wanted to add that, Ruben, because I, sure. think, I think that helps people a little bit. And for buyers that may be wary, um, it gives them that peace of mind of working with a good company like Structure Tech to really evaluate the report and determine what's, what's important. Yep. yep. So, so there's, there's barely any transactions nowadays where people are just saying, uh, I'll buy the house without an inspector, right? Like, I need that house so bad. Here, uh, my offer is stronger because I... Yeah, here's what I would say is that I'm a big believer in protecting the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously realize it's a strong market. There's a lot of... There's a mil- mil- limited inventory, and some people say, hey, you got to waive the home inspection. Um, I would never um, encourage people to do that, not just because Ruben is sitting here, but just just because <laughs> right, you, you, right. you need to know what, what you're getting into. I mean, right. you're buying a bit, and again, there's a lot of different theories on that, but I think you, you hire someone, an expert like Ruben, to come out, evaluate it, see what's going on, and again, it may take an offer or two to get it accepted, but that's just life. Now, Ryan, I gotta ask you, and I just shoot from the hip here, yeah. how many transactions would you estimate have a home inspection, or how many don't? I would what say, percentage? even in this market, I mean, the vast majority have a home inspection. Okay. You're talking 60 even now. or 90? No, it's higher than that. I mean, there's cases in, sometimes in the in a more, um, you know, in a lower price point, if there's 15 uh-huh. offers on it, yeah. one of the things that an agent will say is, hey, if you remove your home inspection, that yeah. strengthens the offer, right. yep. because that contingency is not there, and so that may be one thing to do. And so, but but I think by and large, Ruman, even in this market, we're seeing still a lot of home inspections. And um, you know, again, it's unless there's something majorly wrong with the house, I'm not seeing buyers cancel deals because of the home inspection. They may ask for four things. That doesn't mean the seller has to agree to it. Sure. sure. So so Ruben, let me ask you, and obviously this is going to carry over into the next segment, but um maybe we can dive into once we get past that uh, question, well, what would you do? Well, you know, talk to, talk to your real estate agent, but maybe what are some of the things that are reasonable to ask? Oh, Charles. <laughs> right. You didn't know I was going there, did you? No, but oh, I so love it. What's love reasonable it. for somebody buying a home to say, you know what, I really think you should take care of that. I shouldn't have to buy your home and you have that cut be, my grass. Oh. Right, be my first problem. And then what's just like unreasonable? Oh my gosh, Charles! Are you teasing? This? Are you teasing this? Are we coming back, or can no, we no, dig we into it now? No, we got a couple minutes. We can definitely get oh, started. Oh man! Okay. Well, I'll throw it out there. You know, just when when you get into the negotiations, there's four basic things you can do. You can renegotiate the price. You can cancel the purchase. You can ask the seller to fix stuff, or you can do nothing at all. 
And what we tell our clients, I teach us at CE classes, I teach real estate agents, I tell them with, you know, maybe 95% of the stuff the home inspector comes up with, it ought to be do nothing. You accept the fact that you're buying a used house. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Um, and that's, that's the stuff that shouldn't be negotiated. Right. Uh, and I've got a huge list of those things. All these things that I feel are just plain silly. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm taking it too far when I say silly, but these aren't things you should ask a seller to fix. Well, let me, can I just mention one thing real quick is I feel like since home inspections started becoming more popular, the inspections and inspectors have evolved a little bit. In the beginning, yes. I remember inspections mostly just having the main defects. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. This is wrong. This These are five, six things that are definitely wrong with this house that you should pay attention to. Where now the inspections are so much more comprehensive that a lot of the actual report has just telling a story about the house. We notice yes. it has this kind of flooring. It has the windows seem to be this old and X, Y, Z. And so it's in a way it's information overload, but you'd rather have the information and not need it. You're than completely right, Charles. Need it and, and not have it. We in the profession call it scope creep. Scope creep. Scope creep. Say that. Scope oh. creep. Okay. Yeah. Just doing more. Your reports get longer. There's more tests that we do. We spend more time on site. It just yeah, it's continually evolving. So now somebody, like you said, 95% of an inspection should probably just be, all right, that's just information for you to have, nothing for you to be concerned about. Well, and it's stuff for you to work on now that you are a homeowner. Right. It's your job yeah. to maintain your home. It's Absolutely. stuff that you need to do. It doesn't mean it's not important. But I think that's hard to, Ruben, with, you know, you see it a lot. Maybe you're working with a first-time home buyer who's never owned a home before, mm-hmm. and they're not familiar. You know, I... You know, a lot of times I'll I'll say, look, it's not a perfect world. You know, stuff goes wrong, stuff breaks, <laughs> stuff, stuff happens, especially when you're buying an <laughs> yeah. older home. Right. But again, it's if it's important to the customer, to our customer, then it's as you mentioned in your report here, Ruben, it's having a good conversation with people to help them understand what's important and and what is what kind of comes with the territory of owning a home and how you can address it. So Ryan, uh, Ruben will hemorrhage if I don't let him get at least yes. one no, or no, 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 no. Uh, this is great. I can tell by the way he's getting giddy. Uh, why don't you start with uh, one of the things? All uh, right, yes. we'll start us off. Number one, known conditions equals no negotiations. That's one of my first bullet points here. Under known should, conditions. Known conditions. If you already know about it before you have a home inspection, my goodness, you can't take the home inspection report and ask a seller to fix it now. Right. You right. already knew. That should have been part of your negotiation ahead of time. Like, I've had p- clients ask me, well, we know the driveway's really bad. We want you to write it up really bad because we want to make the seller to fix the driveway. You do that before I got here. What are you doing asking me to be nasty in my report? We just need a second voice, Ruben. Really take some good pictures yeah, no. up close. I, we need I, Ruben. I've, yeah. I've heard that said many times. And, I mean, it's it's the tagline right at the bottom of my business card, delivering the unbiased truth. We are unbiased. Unbiased. I'm here to give you a biased report. One more before the break. All right. One more. Uh Let's say peeling paint. No, okay, that's a known issue. I've got a huge list of known issues. I will say old. Old does not equal negotiations. Just because stuff is old. An old water heater, old furnace, old windows. Old, old wife. This, old... Sorry. What? Charles. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> old stuff does not, not equal negotiation. Just because a water heater is old. Okay, it's 15 years old. We want to ask the seller to give us a new one. Why? Yeah. If it was that important to you, you could have looked at the date code yourself. 
Just because it's old doesn't mean it needs to be replaced. It's a good that point. That one drives me nuts, and it happens all the time. Yeah, and we're going to find out what else happens all the time when we come back from the break. We're going over negotiations after a home inspection. This is good. This is riveting information that you need to know, and you're getting it right here on the All Around Home Improvement Hour. We'll be right back. Devil without a cause, and I'm back with the beaver hats and bandages. Yeah, a little Kid Rock mixed with Metallica. I like it. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate you. Stan, yo, McDaniel on the ones and twos helping us out. Always a pleasure to have him making sure that uh, we're well-behaved and on task here at the All-Around Home Improvement Hour. Folks, you can call us and participate, and it's a great day to call into the show because the Polish powerhouse and I have two guys here with us that can really expand our knowledge by about 300%. Um, At least. Yeah, do the math there. Uh, Anyhow. Oh, you wanted me to do the math? I'd have to get my calculator out for that one. Was that the part of the show where there was the awkward pause? There's at least four of them throughout every segment. Okay. There's one awkward pause. So before the break, we're hanging out with Ryan O'Neill with the Minnesota Real Estate Team here in the studio. We have Ruben Saltzman in studio with us, Polish Powerhouse, and myself, uh, Home Improvement Slayer. And we're talking about what happens after a home inspection and the things that buyers should not in our opinion, again, you can ask for whatever you want. You can ask them to tear the thing down and, and rebuild it for you if you think you're really going to get something out of it. Um, and, and, and just kind of my general opinion on this whole thing is the market right now doesn't really call for the buyer to have a lot of leverage in any kind of a request right now. So really be careful yeah. as a buyer what you're asking for. Yeah, I mean, you could just end up offending the seller if they have other offers that came in and they chose yours for whatever reason. You could be quickly dismissed and yeah, on to the next one. This old country kitchen-style wallpaper doesn't suit my needs. I think you should remove that before we'll buy this house. I would happen to believe that the wallpaper removal is probably a... One of the items you You know what's want. funny? I didn't even bother putting it in here. Oh, yeah, you want to hold that? We're, we're doing the Facebook Live thing. We're trying to do this all at the same time. Uh, that's something I didn't even put in this document, just talking about paint colors. It seems pretty basic to me, but what do you think, Ryan? Would that be a negotiation item? This room's pink and well, shade? Well, it's probably it doesn't make a ton of sense okay. uh, to do that. Right. Um, I think, um, you know, again, the significant items are what you're going to want to negotiate. I, and, and ask for significant sure. significant things but again to your point was it a known item nick prior to you know prior to the offer right. prior to writing the purchase agreement but as the consumer you have the right to ask for anything to be fixed and they can say no yeah. to it but you do have the right to to, to sure. do that a uh, few other items i had on this list of stuff that um I certainly feel shouldn't be negotiated. And I gotta, I gotta qualify everything I'm saying here. This is me. This is not necessarily right or wrong, but I certainly have opinions on it. Another is minor defects means no negotiations. Things like missing cover plates at outlets, missing caulk, dirty furnace filters. Mm-hmm. These are all really petty, small things, and you're gonna, you make a seller really annoyed if right. you ask for stuff like this. Uh, another one would be code changes, safety upgrades, energy upgrades. Those types of things, all of those should not be negotiation items. Now, Just because codes have changed. Oh, go ahead, John. Well, what if it's a safety item that's causing the financing to not be able to go through? Then that's 
That's that's an exception. That's right, an yeah. asterisk when okay, I say right. these shouldn't be. Uh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. No, I was just saying sometimes then they won't even be able to buy the house. Oh, and a really good example. I put on this list not a negotiation item, peeling paint. But, my goodness, if you're getting an FHA, yeah. it won't give you True. a loan with peeling paint, right? Yeah, Ryan? peeling paint is an issue. But I think you're talking, too, with the safety upgrades uh, regarding, you know, if there's no... Uh, GFCIs. Yes. That's a huge one. Yeah. I mean, or I, I know reverse polarity. Reverse polarity. <laughs> now, well, now, that, I, I, I'll say for reverse polarity, that is just a straight defect. Yes. It was never acceptable to wire an, hour, an outlet backwards, backwards and create right. a shock or electrocution hazard. That's never been okay. Yeah. But houses built 50 years ago, there was no such thing as a GFCI device. Yes. So, all right, your home inspector said, add GFCI devices. We don't recommend putting those in because it's a defect. We say it because there's a safer way to do it, and there's a, a really easy way to make your house a lot safer. We call it an upgrade. Yep. That shouldn't be something where you go back to the seller and say, hey, you need to upgrade your home because I'm buying it. My guess is most of the people that buy houses in the first year, they generally already have projects planned out. I would think smaller item, things that don't cost as much money, like changing the paint color, right? When you buy a house, you don't buy it because you like the paint color. You know that's probably the first thing you're going to change. Same thing with little outlets and stuff like that. What yes. what would you say, Ruben, uh, kind of going through your, your document here, and this is really a nice piece, I think, for buyers to evaluate, but you, you mentioned then reasonable yeah. negotiation items. What what are you referring to there? All right, these are, these are kind of the big things, and these are ones where I see people ask for sellers to fix stuff or take money off the price of the house for this big stuff, and I think most people wouldn't take issue with any of these. Number one is big roof problems. Yep. We're talking a roof that's leaking, a roof that is in need of replacement today, and I, I put in my, my old stuff, don't ask for an old appliance to be replaced just because it could fail. However, an old roof... Absolutely, you should ask. Well, I shouldn't say you should ask. I'm not telling people to negotiate, but that should be replaced Something before the would. roof leaks. Improper installation, I'm sure you guys see some of that too. Oh, an improper installation where shingles are falling off the roof yep. and it could lead to leaks? Yes, that's a big deal. So if you got big roof issues, absolutely. Call have, all around. I have a good question to ask you, Ruben. Please. So uh, in Minnesota, we have a lot of moist basements especially in older homes mm -hmm. and that's something that seems to be and alarming to a lot of people and i don't blame them right you know you walk into a basement and it's just got that mildewy moldy kind of moist but there's not standing water there's not a p pool of water or anything that's just kind of how the basement is what are your thoughts on that and if you were to give recommendations i know you don't but right now that's kind of what we're doing there's not really much I do about it. I look at the outside and I try to figure out reasons for it and I'd make suggestions for the exterior. But if you don't actually have any dampness, any current dampness, if I stick my moisture meter in the tack strip and it's dry and I see no signs of black stuff, AKA mold, black stuff, right? <laughs> if I don't see any signs of that, what am I going to do? I'm not going to tell them to rip all this out. No, but what, I mean, but it, it, could be a valid concern. I mean, you, you, it just kind of feels and smells mildewy. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, that's not a basement that's been dry for too long. Febreze. You know, <laughs> I'm sure people do that, right? They plug those little things in to try so to cover up oh, that yeah. smell. And if you yeah. have your drainage in place, your gutters, your grating is good, and everything else is fine, but you just, you still have some sort of a, a, a moisture problem. I mean, wouldn't it possibly be worthwhile for that buyer or seller or whoever, homeowner, to, 
get a moisture inspection done or look further into it or no? There's, I don't know of any special test that could be done that your home inspector can't already do. Okay. I, I see no reason to have a specialized inspection performed. Okay. So if there's no no alerts to why, you know, then I guess it's fine. I mean, yeah. in, in a way. Your home inspector can do as much as anybody else can do. I provided see, you, write, you hire the right home inspector, of course. I see one on your list I'm, I'm dying to know about. FPE, stab lock panels. Oh, yeah. Federal Pacific Electric. That's they okay. made I these thought... really nasty panels. Yes. And if you hear FPE, Federal Pacific Electric, Federal stab Pacific, lock, I've heard. It's, it's all the same thing. It's a no-no, right? It's, they're bad panels. Yeah. Yep. Those should all be replaced. And that's something I know I've heard our electrician talk about before. I didn't know FP. That makes sense what that is then. Yep, yep. Sorry, I abbreviated that. But uh, if you click on the link, you'll get a big post I wrote talking about the dangers of those panels. How about overloaded? I know that was something that I had. To, uh, my last house, before the house I live in now, they had a lot of overloaded uh, electrical on the actual I, panel itself, double yeah. tapping. and I, I listed that. And the big subheading or the big heading that you're reading stuff off of is big electrical items. These are usually reasonable things to talk to a seller about when you're buying a house. And, and for an overloaded panel, I didn't get super specific about what makes it overloaded because technically if you have one double tap circuit breaker and you got to move the wire to another breaker, Maybe the panel's overloaded a little, but that's usually such a simple fix. Sure. It sure shouldn't be a negotiation item if you got a double-tap circuit breaker. But if you've got 10 of them and your panel's filled to capacity and the only fix is to add on a sub-panel, maybe even upgrade the electrical service, that's a pretty big deal. It's yeah, a pretty definitely. serious defect, and it's not going to be cheap to fix it. Ruben, have you seen uh, Charles's house? <laughs> Charles, I'm coming out to your house. Have you inspected Charles's house? That's he, the real question. We're we're, we're kind of worried. He knew we were up against a break. He <laughs> we just interrupted him. He saw me going for the we're going to go to a break thing, and then he wanted he uh, thought about bringing up Ryan. Some. Nobody's better than you. You're <laughs> a master. Incredible. All right, La- last segment coming up right after this. They see me rolling. They hate it. You didn't see me rolling dirty. See me rolling backwards in a ditch. Hey, we're we're rolling dirty. Yeah, and you have a truck with four wheel drive. I yeah. drive a, I drive a toaster box. We're riding dirty. It's very dirty. Yeah, got mudded up yesterday. It was. Yeah, I was say your truck was pretty dirty. Couldn't help it. Just riding on the dirt roads, just everywhere mud went went all over the place. But yeah, it's fun to just haul behind in the third lane, right past everybody that's going thirty and forty. It is. You're the guy in the truck that's like, I can go anywhere and do it. Yeah, anything. but see, I'm not the I'm not the jerk guy that's honking at people, right. expecting that they go fast. I right. just go around them. No, as as Stan uh, Stan brought up a good point though. Driving in today, Stan, he uh, you know, take it a little bit slower. But there were some vehicles clearly with no four wheel drive that are just zipping by in the left lane. <laughs> it's just like. Ugh. Slow down. Yeah. You gotta slow down. It's just not worth it. I saw a bug in the ditch on the way over here. Yeah. <laughs> if you gotta go anywhere today, make sure you're going there not in a hurry. That's for no sure. doubt. I or remember tomorrow. one time there was this guy that wanted to get past me so bad. He was just, you know, riding my tail, riding my tail, honking, honking, honking. I was with in the vehicle with some buddies and I'm like, I'm just not gonna go any faster. This is you know, these roads are icy. The guy goes, he passes us, 
he hits you know you know how when the roads are bad just part of the road is clear of snow but then there's the center part in of, between the inner in between parts right I'm always worried about that part though that's, that's the part. Yes. risky part well yeah. guess what that's the part you want to worry about because really? when when this guy came back into in front of me he hit that snowy part with uh, all four wheels his vehicle turned sideways literally we're we're going 50 he's staring right back at me because <laughs> his vehicle had spun around completely and then he did just spirals over into the ditch you know went a ways in the ditch and then uh, wrapped around a telephone pole and we could tell he was fine so we just kept moving it was it was no big deal but it's a little comical because that was the guy honking at me a second before that so that's karma now his horn does not work (laughs) he was honking at you yes honking at us now yeah the or the horn might be stuck on one of the two we're not sure anyhow folks this is the last segment of this week's all-around home improvement hour if you don't catch us live you can go to the podcast online and uh, look us up go to iheart Media, If or, you can see the podcast through the whiteout conditions. Yes, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com, and our podcasts are on there. Sometimes they're updated, sometimes they're not. We're going to work on getting them all updated so that you can catch this show on a future date. Woo-hoo. But uh, we're, we're still in studio here live. If you want to try to catch us before the end of the show, the number to call and participate is 800-854-1978. Again, 800 854 1978. Uh, we have Ryan O'Neill, Minnesota real estate team, the Polish powerhouse here, and uh, of course, Ruben Saltzman with Structure Tech Home Inspection. So, uh, kind of the home stretch here. What uh, we were talking about things that are, are reasonable. Hey, you yeah. didn't know that this was wrong with the house and you were going to buy it. And now, all of a sudden, geez, this came up, whatever this is. And uh, it's probably a good thing to bring up to your agent, who then will bring it up to the other agent. Where were we at on that list, Ruben? Well, we we kind of left off with you talking about wet basement issues. Yeah. You're asking about, you know, what if it's musty? Now, let's let's jump ahead and ramp it way up and say, let's say you have a wet basement. Like you've got ponding you've got water. Black stuff growing on the drywall, ponding water. The carpet is wet. The tax strips are damp, things like that. I can tell you, there's not much that freaks out a home buyer more than that kind of thing. You, yeah. you agree, Ryan? Definitely, absolutely. Yeah, people freak out about that, and that that's usually a negotiation item. I'm not saying it should be, but I'm saying nobody bats an eye when you ask a seller to fix their moldy, nasty basement. Um, another one would be moisture or frost in the attic. That freaks people out just about as much. When you go, when I go up in an attic and I see all this black stuff growing on it, and uh, we know it's mold. That freaks people out. Mm-hmm. They want it fixed. And the fix is seal the attic up. Don't let warm, moist air get up into the attic. We've talked on uh, about this show on this about this topic on this show probably a dozen times. Especially yeah. this year. Well, and that's why and, and again, I don't I don't want to go back into it and dive into it heavily, but that's why I just figured when somebody catches the hint of the moisture, yeah. It's alarming. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, but maybe they're overreacting because I I happen to think that all basements are going to be a little bit more moist than the rest of the house. And that's where you ask your home inspector, you say, "Hey, is this normal basement stuff?" And we'll we'll straight up tell you, "No." Sure. Th- this is this is unusual. This is wet. You got a problem or yeah, this is pretty typical for basements. I think it's good you also mentioned in your report here, Ruben, that, you know, environmental items, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that's radon, asbestos, buried fuel oil tanks, 
um, important things to for for people to know know yeah. about where they're living. And and I I qualify the asbestos one because a lot. Of, I'll, I'll tell you, if you want to buy a home that doesn't have asbestos, get one that's built in about the '90s or newer. Okay. Don't look at anything before then. I went to this class on asbestos, trying to figure out you know what an industrial hygienist taught this about what materials will contain asbestos and what it all came down to is if a material is not made out of wood or metal it has good asbestos. chance it has asbestos yeah, or contains asbestos at some point and we're talking about everything we see in this room the walls the ceiling panels the carpet the carpet pad the carpet glue the laminate countertop all this stuff may contain asbestos. So don't try to buy a house that's free of asbestos. Yeah, and you're not, never going to get rid of all of it. You just want to do as best as you can. To, oh, to Charles. Come on, guys. Yeah, we we on. provide a form you. about it, that to all of our yeah. customers yes. when they sign a contract. And it just, again, it t- same thing you said, talks about use of asbestos yes. in building products. But but what I say here, though, why I li- put it on the list is loose or friable asbestos. There's a few materials that can easily become airborne. We know just by looking at it, the surely contains asbestos that'll freak people out those are more reasonable now personally if i were buying a home i wouldn't touch any of it i I wouldn't i wouldn't be what about the nine inch flooring tiles do you know because those are asbestos aren't they surely they're asbestos the nine inch flooring tiles i love it when people throw around what little tiny bit of knowledge they have on something and it's always the same cliche always the same talking points that the other guy uses nine inch nails yeah what about that that's what that's what he was gonna say about that asbestos i'll tell you what though i at this class i heard the craziest thing this guy said I, I always told people it's only the nine inch tiles. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> That's what I mean. Twelve inch tiles can contain asbestos too. I've always told people it's only the nine inch. Well, it turns out I'm yeah, because yeah. you know the tile company was like, hey, hey, that only nine inch one, yeah, Especially throw the, the asbestos in there. It's going to help us out, but not on the twelve inch ones. <laughs> not you know, it just doesn't seem so hard. big items. It seems Ruben, big or immediate, whether it's plumbing items, HVAC items, and then some of these, you know, other things that you're mentioning about. That's important stuff. It's important the, stuff to the buyer. Yeah, absolutely. And in most home inspections, you're not going to have a huge list of big items. So, it's so you see a handful of them. So realtors out there, you see. Not all home inspectors are there to make sure your deal gets killed. Okay, <laughs> right. And that's ma- not all and, we do. Yeah. And matter of fact, I, you know, obviously that's being sarcastic, but obviously, Structure Tech Home Inspections has the overall process in mind, wanting things to just be smooth for everybody. But hey, we want to be educated too. We want to know what the house has. What's the store? What What are the skeletons hiding in the closet? We want to know that stuff. So, Ruben. To, to get involved with your team, if you're an agent looking for a great home inspection team to recommend, or if you're a buyer or seller looking to have your home inspected, how uh, can people plug I'll in? I'll tell you, it, this isn't the traditional. I'm going to tell you, Google negotiations after the <laughs> inspection. Right. Google right. that. You'll come to my website. You can read this whole document, everything we talked about, all about us there. That's awesome. Now, uh, Ryan O'Neill, leader of the Minnesota real estate team, we have about 15 seconds. What's going on with the real estate team? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Update That's all I got for today. Market. Thank <laughs> you very much, Ryan. No, appreciate it. <laughs> it. Really, have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> no, so, you know what? I, I do have something fun. One fun thing I'm going to tell you about. We have a new seminar coming up. Boom! Uh, Ten days from now, it is for home sellers. If you are a home seller, it is anything and everything you want to know about selling your property in today's market. Talking about um, the inspection process, things to to maybe know, but how to market the home, how we can help you kind of net the most amount of money from the home sale. 
uh, looking at this concept of coming soons here in the Twin Cities and why it's important to MLS list a property. Basically, if you are a home seller, it's just a great spot to learn. It's low pressure. There's certainly no obligation. Uh, We're at France Place in Bloomington. Uh, It's Tuesday, April 23rd, uh, 6.30 to 8. I'm sorry, Monday, April 23rd. Uh, mnrealestateshow.com. That's all I got, guys. Yeah, things are evolving in the real estate market. It's important to stay on top of them and know how you're going to have the best advantage going into a sell situation. Ryan, best way for people to get involved one more time? Yeah, mnrealestateshow.com. And uh, Ruben, got to give you a great job, man. This is a wonderful piece. Wonderful piece for, uh, for clients, agents, consumers to look at. Perfect. Uh, home stretch here. Ruben, final thoughts for the listeners. Uh, drive safe out there and have fun and blowing the last snow of the year. I yeah. hope so. Yeah, we think it is. This is the last one. Polish powerhouse. I really hope so. Uh, well, hopefully we'll be roofing soon. So yes. hang in there if you're waiting. We're waiting too. Okay. Wife, I love you. I'm on my way home. See you soon, babe. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> Bye. Oh.